Hello. 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 <laughs> How you doing? Doing good. I got a new headset, so uh, if it if it's coming through fuzzy or something, let me know. I'll tweak. Oh, I see. You, 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 you get your you get your Kickstarter funded, and you're already throwing <laughs> the money away. You, you should have see... seen the tirade I threw in Best Buy, where I was like, "What the fuck? There isn't a headset that costs less than sixty goddamn dollars." And my wife was like, "Oh, keep it down, honey. Like sixty goddamn dollars. It's, it's a freaking headset. I should be able to." Pull it out of a bin for three. <laughs> that's that's true. It's a, to be fair, if you uh, if if you ever kind of struggle for headsets, I often find weird places sell them, like phone shops, just occasionally just oh, have yeah. them. Um, but you know, I are you are you now sitting behind like a sixty inch three D monitor? Is that what? you Oh yeah, of course. Is, is that like? I've, I've got my money. <laughs> I'm I'm throwing it away. <laughs> no, I I mean the the. The sad truth is that uh, when I started out in visual effects, I, I basically killed myself for two years, <laughs> and I made a lot of money, and I bought a lot of really nice gear. And then I thought, you know, it kind of sucks killing myself. And so the goodies have been slowly eroding for the last uh, four years, and now I'm stuck with a crappy uh, $120 monitor <laughs> um, and like a, a $2,000 machine. Uh, and I've got a raid array that's like seven years old. Nice. So, nice. Um, but, but yeah, now that I got the Kickstarter running, I'll be able to, um, you know, get everything gold plated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, fi- finally, finally get that, uh, lowered Prius that, 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 <laughs> right. that all game developers seem to want to drive these days. It's like, uh, I'm killing polar bears, but I'm doing it in style. Um, that's right. But yeah, so um, well, I'd, let's just get into it. Like funded, yeah. Cool. What's uh, are, how, are we recording? Is this is this? It? I've I've been recording since we started. Oh crap! We <laughs> <laughs> gotta cut out all that stuff. All right. The money. I'll, I'll just cut it. I'll just cut it. I'll tell you what. We'll we'll just we'll 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 put a proper start. No, in. no, I'm I'm joking. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You, yeah, they've given you the money. They can't get it back. It's can't it's get yours. it back. Well, actually, you know, technically they could because we haven't made it to the end of the funding. Um, I, I thought Kickstarter would, um, you know, throw up a flag saying, "All right, it's it's his now." But you know, uh, they don't do that until the end of the thirty day period. So, so Still you better good. better cut it. Better yeah. cut it. <laughs> but but you know, also you know, I think. Uh, you know, by the looks of it, um, last time I checked was um, half seven hour time. So, you know, two hours ago and it's gone up two grand since then. You know, it's, yeah, it's insane. Um, you know, but I'd, it's it. I'd, well, I I don't like to take all the credit, but I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, no, it's it's amazing. And, you know, I think, you know, the fact that was it two days you hit targeting two, three days. Um, two, two, three days ago. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I hit it, uh, a little after six days in, I think. Um, and, uh, I've been keeping an eye on the, on the graph that they have on the Kickstarter dashboard, hmm. uh, so, sort of waiting for the, the flattening out to occur because, um, I've looked at a lot of Kickstarter graphs, um, sort of to prepare myself for what's going to happen. And, uh, usually they start off strong and then they sort of level out. I mean, just like the Indiegogo one did. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a little peak at the end. And so far, on um, on the new campaign, it started out strong and then it has been completely linear, like almost a perfect linear line. 
That's good. Uh, from day two until now. Yeah, it's weird. I've never seen – I've actually never seen a shape like this. So You've, you've, you've broken the rules. I guess you, I have. You, you little trendsetter, you. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of – I'm contemplating like you know messing with people and getting them to remove pledges and then maybe pledge a whole bunch more by offering some new cool features. And I can like try and draw a cool line with yeah. the uh, – you with should, the funding project, you should try and spell out frontiers, really, shouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. If only I could go back in time and you know, like make make the progress starts. Uh, oh man, I'm punchy. Can you tell? Maybe, maybe, maybe you should just kind of turn it into some kind of elaborate etch a sketch. Um, maybe <laughs> that would be quite. This nice. is ridiculous. What are we talking about? I don't know, well, but it's it's nice. <laughs> I, I've never been this tired uh, in my life, I don't think, and that includes the time I worked on Priest, where I stayed up for almost five days straight. Wow. So uh, last time it, it, it was good because it wore down my defenses and uh, I was just really laid back. But this time I think I'm – if I start breaking out into giggle fits, please just relax. <laughs> it will be over I, soon. I thought you were just going to say like if I uh... – if I get really angry at any point, <laughs> you just just hear things smashing. Just just let me know. Um, but no, you know, and I think um, the only question on everybody's lips is um, is is where does the jacket come from in the Kickstarter video, dude? Oh man! <laughs> in one, in, oh, one, in one in one shot, no jacket. In the next <laughs> shot, there's a jacket. You know, you're a special effects artist. This isn't this isn't acceptable. Like continuity Eric Dinell is going to kill me. Okay, so that that <laughs> interview was was shot uh, was lit and shot in record time by uh, a guy I worked with for years named Eric Dinell. Um, and uh, while we were shooting, we we got started with my jacket on. I think we did one little take with it on, and that included that moment about me talking about the name. And then he said, take off the jacket, take it off. And so we did and shot the rest. Anyway, we're editing it. I don't have that anecdote anywhere else. And he says, okay, well, we're going to put this in here, but God damn it, Lars, you need to cover that up with some gameplay footage or something. Because you can't have a jacket just appear and disappear. And I was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'll take I'll take care of it. And I, and it just slipped my mind. And, and then the video goes up and I think no one's ever going <laughs> to, no one's ever going to care. No one's ever going to mention it. And sure enough, everyone on the planet mentions it. So, <laughs> well, the one Sorry, thing I Eric. would say is, as a visual effects artist, I was expecting some kind of Legion <laughs> Legion of Doom wrestling shoulder pads covering it up or something. But uh... well, I you know to be honest, um, maybe just to amuse myself, I should go back in and uh, comp my non-jacket wearing body onto it um, and really freak people out. Yeah, or or just have just have fun with it. Just you know, why 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 be why be that predictable? You know, surely surely you can get some kind of you know like Tom Hardy in Dark Knight Rises <laughs> kind of vest and just buff arms and just have them flailing and have nothing to do with the rest of your body. Um, but who knows? Um, maybe maybe you should run that as as a as a, as a little. A little competition. Who, who can come up with the best idea for Lars to comp <laughs> over his jacket? Um, or, alternatively, you could comp in a cowboy hat and then you could do an Indiana Jones impression. Well, there you go. Just an idea. Oh. Um, anyway, we've <laughs> we're, we're ten minutes in and haven't even broached the subject of the game. Um, yeah, let's let's talk so, about frontiers. So, um, so yeah, so you know, first things first, you're funded. How does it feel? 
uh terrifying uh it's real now <laughs> it yeah. is you have to make uh, it now th- there was about 10 seconds where i saw it tick over um it, it, i i didn't get to enjoy it as much as i wanted to i'll be i'll be totally honest because um uh, again i'm in the middle of work right now and uh, it's it's just crazy and terrible and and that had sort of worn me down and i was just feeling depressed and i saw it tick over and i had i had a moment where it bumped me up and i thought oh my god we made it I can't believe we made it. And then I thought, oh, my God, I, I really have to do this now. Like these people really they're like they're counting on me now. Oh, goodness. And uh, that's sort of been my state of mind since then, uh, sort of responsibility overdrive. So, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, from, from what I've seen in in the responses on the forums and from comments and so on, um you know, I think people are just really kind of positively responding to um, to kind of the tone of the game, really, more than anything, and and um, and you know the the idea behind it, and the you know the 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 three very very kind of I'm sure deliberately chosen words of explore, discover, survive. You know, it's um, that people seem to have kind of really got into it, and I think also you know one of the things you've done really well um, is you know you've been a media whole ass <laughs> but you know it's um it's given you you know you've got your personality out there and i think people have really responded to that as well you know i've i um i've had a lot of feedback you know saying that you know just how much of a nice guy you are so don't feel too bad it's so not it's, it's not all because of your talent <laughs> no the the hilarious thing about this is that I'm I'm famous among the uh, famous. Here I go, uh, Mr. Vanner. <laughs> it's got, it's got uh, to him already. <laughs> I'm well known among uh, my social circle as being an absolute bastard, just the most selfish. <laughs> you know, like like they they re- respect me on some level, I think, because um, uh, I just sort of <laughs> am that way and and can't seem to help myself. But it's just funny to hear so many people saying oh he seems like such a nice guy i'm like oh thank god they don't know me uh because <laughs> like i can just see my friends laughing like him that asshole jesus well um well we can you know, we can cut that out we can cut that out that is staying <laughs> they don't have, they don't have to know that's 100 percent staying and it's it's weird because i i have quite a similar thing where uh often when i first meet people they're like Wow, he's such an easygoing, you know, nice guy. And then, um, and then they mention something like the conservative government, and I just, you know, fifty minutes later after my rants finished, they're like, <laughs> "Wow, we misjudged you." <laughs> so, so it's good to know that other people out there, you know, exist in the same kind of weird, misconceived, <laughs> nice guy realm. Um, but no, well, so, you know. just to mix things up a little bit more, I'm also um, uh, very contentious, just like it sounds you are. Just just like it sounds you are. Also great at English. Um, uh, but oddly enough, I tend to get along with people that I, that I strongly disagree with just fine. Well, apparently one of my biggest problems is my get-out-of-jail-free card is, well, that may be your opinion. Your opinion's wrong, but it's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apparently I'm famous for that, and that's not a good thing. 
Um, I, again, I say famous. I don't have a $60,000 Kickstarter fund, but I'll be famous. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Everybody's famous. Yeah. But, um, but no, so, you know, so so now, of course, you know, like like you said before, the work starts and, uh, and yeah. um you know when's when's kind of when do you when do you kind of really start production when when is that when's the moment um well i've been working on it in in fits and starts for years i mean the only thing that i ever stop for is is to feed myself you know and uh, and, and by that i mean like to make money to feed myself uh, <laughs> um i don't stop to feed myself i just put food on the desk and eat it while i'm working uh mm. So it really nothing's changing. The only difference is I, I'm not going to have to take on any more visual effects jobs for the next mm -hmm. six months. Like that, that is what uh, I uh, in part accomplished here. Um, yeah. I, I, the job that I'm finishing up this week will give me a cushion. I can live off that for quite a while, um, and then I can just just go uh, full steam without ever shelving it. Mm. Um, so production is already underway it's just gonna be a lot more productive from this point forward a more productive production which exactly is, uh, which is always a good thing um mm -hmm. so yeah so you know so what's um you know i i see the kind of stretch goals um and you know how yeah. how, how optimistic are you where do you think we're going to reach go on put, put a price on it oh man uh well earlier we were talking about that graph um mm. how strange the shape of this kickstarter graph is i can't find an, uh, an equivalent graph uh, in any of the data that I've been able to round up. So I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, I, I want to see all the, all the projections put us past um, the top stretch goal. Wow. Uh, but, but I can't trust any of those projections because again, I think they're kind of sort of based on the typical Kickstarter graph where it, there's a big bump at the at the front, and then in a few days it levels off, and then you get a big bump at the end, barring some sort of press intervention. Mm. And so far, we've just had a basically a linear straight line, just just shoot up and not <laughs> not change at all. It's the weirdest mm -hmm. thing. So I don't know what's going to happen. It could totally flatline tomorrow, uh, and and then I'd just be stuck with the uh, with the first two stretch goals. But then again, it could just keep going on this nice linear trend and. Uh, I could be stuck with way more money than I know what to do with. Who knows? So, 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 so am I going to be your butler? Is that? <laughs> am I am I going to be hired? Am I moving to Seattle? Should I should I, I apply for a visa now? Oh well, we'll we'll see what happens. Submit your resume. I'll I'll add it to the pile. You know. I no. I we'll get see what job. your qualifications are. We'll see if you have experience. <laughs> well, surely I get the job for being British. Every, well, every every badass American person to do with technology has to have a British butler. Have you never seen well, Batman? I'm hoping I'm hoping to find uh, a British butler with an American accent. See, that would just be tip top. Uh, I could I could do that. I can I can also, <laughs> I, I could also do different regions of America terribly. Um, so you know I could do that kind of weird bastardized American accent that all British actors try and do um but yeah so you know so um obviously you know it, it's doing very well and you know you're going to end up with an obscene amount of money you'll disappear to somewhere tropical the game will never be released um exactly, exactly. <laughs> um 
but you know like i i think the one thing that i found so interesting was you know often with these um with these kickstarter campaigns it's kind of the the lower echelons that um that get the that get the largest backers um and the, yeah. the, the thing that i found most interesting is that a lot of people are going in for the kind of slightly larger tiers so um you know i mean the one that always stuck out to me was was the the digital authoring kit and um you know people seem to be really backing it and kind of getting into that idea of of um of being able to contribute to the world um yeah yeah uh it, it, i'm actually sort of having to put up um sort of informal barriers to keep it from overwhelming the game people are so interested in contributing content of, of some sort uh, any sort really mm-hmm. uh, which i didn't i did, honestly didn't expect i mean i knew that some people would be into it um you know because i would have been into it it's one of the reasons i made that reward mm-hmm. uh, because it, it'd be the first thing i'd want to do but then i also know lots of people who uh you know don't have a creative bone in their body and just want to play and i thought that that uh um, they would outnumber uh, the people who wanted to get into it, you know, ten to one. But mm. everybody digs the idea of putting their own lore and stuff in the game, and so I'm actually having to sort of step back and say, okay, okay, let's let's put some let's put something in the way so that um, not everyone uh, can contribute everything they want, because otherwise, all the game content will just sort of be swamped and inconsistent. Which I, I feel terrible saying because mm. it's it's always hard to put a damper on, um, you know, a creative person's impulse to contribute. But mm. uh, the one thing I don't want is for it to be a totally incoherent uh, mess of of totally unrelated uh, little bits and pieces that that everybody contributed. Uh, I'm hoping that that uh, everyone's contributions will be like, you know, spices and pepper on top of an already really meaty dish. Mm. Uh, so I don't want to water down what's there too much. Um, but, but yes, the point is that, uh, that, that kind of response has been really overwhelming. Everybody mm-hmm. wants in. I, th- yeah. I think, you know, one of the key things is as well is like you say, it's that with world building, the, one of the key things is kind of consistency of world building. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I often think, um, you know, that, that you can, you can get away with, with kind of a level of interpretation and, and say that, you know, that, that you can kind of blame the embellishment of story. But, um, you know, if if somebody starts writing a sci-fi book and chucks it on the shelf... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, even though I'm a little bit uh, uh, nervous about, you know, the process of proofing these and making sure everything's consistent with lore, at the same time, uh, almost anything goes, as long as it really doesn't take you out of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if somebody wanted to write a piece of fiction... Um, and it, it sort of feels um, relatively consistent with what I would expect a character in this world to write, which is pretty broad, frankly. Mm. Um, then I, I, I imagine I wouldn't have trouble putting it on a shelf. Um, but if somebody starts writing like Twilight fanfic, I'm going to have to say, <laughs> sorry, I, I can't see that working. <laughs> you know? Damn it. That was my hook. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was going for, you know, vampiric. Um weird teen porn uh that was kind of that was kind of the the vibe i was going for the one thing the one thing i will say is can you put a comic in it <laughs> Ooh, a comic uh no 
Uh, well, actually, no, that's not true. That's not true. Um, there, there's an Easter egg reward that people have been having a lot of fun with. Um, I've actually been uh, really impressed by the restraint everyone has shown because I all bets are off for that. I said, hey, I'll put one thing in the game. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, and I guess I should preface this with saying they're all gone. So don't don't go to the campaign expecting to find it. They, they all disappeared. But um, yeah, everyone who got it so far who's been in touch with me, they've suggested things that are really kind of consistent with the with the world that, as they already see it. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I was going to have people saying, I want to put Ollie G in there, you know, <laughs> and I would have I would have had to say, OK, because I committed to that. I just would have buried it in the deepest, darkest dungeon uh, <laughs> possible, you know, where almost no one would ever find it. <laughs> see, I was I was just thinking I, I just put, put a copy of my comic book just just in a you drawer could. somewhere. I, I might do it. <laughs> yeah. um, I, just... it, it wouldn't just be in a drawer. I mean, it would be buried deep, but uh, <laughs> in theory, someone could find it. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, man. I'm going to have to hack your game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone's going to hack this thing. It's, an, it, it, it is, uh, it's wide open for, for meddling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, so you know, so it, it's funded, and you know, people kind of kind of seem to really be getting into it. Um, from from the feedback you've you've received, is there anything that you kind of you know was there anything that was that really stood out, and you just like man, that has to go in the game? Uh, weirdly, yes. Um, I, I mean, I swear, three out of ten of the of the things that are in the game now are are the product of other people's suggestions. But the one that I never could have predicted was animal companions um mm. those have made it into the game uh, and they're being folded into the uh, creature package ai upgrade mm. uh, i i never ever thought uh i never ever thought that would make it into the game because i couldn't justify it i couldn't see a reason why um you would i didn't see how it could contribute to the central theme of exploration um because i love the, the little companions in minecraft um and just in general i like the sort of mood that that it creates when you have a little thing following you mm. and feeling alive. But what what on earth does that contribute to exploring? And then somebody suggested, uh, well, you just train your animal to help you find things. Mm. Um, and that that sort of detonated an atom bomb inside my skull. And I thought, oh my god, that's exactly right. Um, yeah. That is that is perfect. So you train your dog to. You know, or you train your wolf uh, to sniff for gold or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That sounds lame, but you know, uh, <laughs> no, there'll be a process uh, that you can uh, use to sort of train your animal to help you find things, and then it becomes a, an exploration companion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that went beyond merely justifying uh, the presence of creatures to actually uh, making it seem like a must-have to me. Suddenly, that uh, that just felt right. So that's probably the biggest thing that's happened over the course of the campaign. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the, I, I think it's funny, isn't it? Because it, it's one of those things where, you know, if you use it or not, it's it's one of those things that often in open worlds you kind of really miss. It's really weird. Like, you know, it's not something you kind of think of. But then, like you say, something is added. You know, I'm thinking of kind of um, the dogged Skyrim or, you know, um, that just whatever you do, don't do a Peter Molyneux and say you're going to make people fall in love with a dog. Just oh no! <laughs> I've always got my uh, I've always got one eye on Peter uh, because I've got okay I've got my I've got both eyes. No, it sounds like I'm not looking at the game. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say I have one eye on on uh, 
uh, Jonathan Blow and one eye on Peter. Um, but let's just say I have half an eye on both. Uh, <laughs> Peter, because he's he's a perfect example of overpromising. Yeah. And uh, I'm in great danger of overpromising at every turn on this game. And so uh, I just sort of every once in a while will turn on one of his uh, press releases or one of his uh, um, conferences or whatever and just watch how he talks about his games. Because if you really pay attention, um, the literal meaning of his words isn't always at odds with what he actually released. Sometimes stuff just gets flat out cut and isn't in there that he promised. But a lot of other times it's just the language that he used that really screwed him over and, and caused the disappointment. So I I uh, oh I try to watch what he says and what exactly got him in hot water. I um, think you know one one of his biggest problems is is kind of he's very sensationalist mm-hmm. and um, and you know he very he's, passive. He's, He's he's got kind of two problems. He has that thing which I can't really talk, but you know why use one word when twenty will do, um, and and then the the other problem he has is um, he he talks only in superlatives, um, <laughs> so you know as as opposed to kind of saying like you know and you have a you have a dog companion and there's there's kind of a, a gameplay mechanic around that and uh, and he'll kind of assist you in exploration and combat, mm-hmm. you know. What he'll say is, and you have a dog that you will love, and you will you will feel for nothing else, no human, no, <laughs> no, no <laughs> nothing will rival the love that you feel for this dog. And it will be no- smarter than any human being. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it will like... solve problems. It will do your taxes. <laughs> yeah. It will make moral decisions that that uh, put your own moral life to shame. Yeah. And it's yeah, just, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just really sad because, like, you know, I I adore the Fable games. Like, I uh, Fable One was was amazing because it was kind of the RPG that I'd have loved to have made because it was really British and um, mm-hmm. you know all the accents were very British and the humor was very British and it was really nice to kind of see you know that kind of um, that Tolkien esque universe told told in a British way and I, I really liked it. Um, but it was, you know, I remember, I remember reading a kind of ex, official Xbox magazine, and they were talking about like trees growing and seasons changing. Yes, and I was yes. like, I was like, this sounds like the best game ever. <laughs> and the thing is, is that if if he'd have just been honest and said what it was, which was, you know, a really good kind of traditional third person RPG, um, but with a British twist, I'd have still bought it. Um, mm-hmm. but the the problem was is that he kind of he damaged expectations so much through sensationalizing it and i do think you know a lot of people like i feel a bit sorry for him really because he's almost a bit of an industry joke um you know that people kind of poke fun at um, yeah yeah you know like, he's like, like uh shimalan at this point in, in a way i mean <laughs> i i think i think he i think he's, he's not as evil though yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not as evil um you know, Shyamalan uh, pretty much single-handedly destroyed my favorite cartoon series of all time. So, uh, oh man, that was something. Wasn't it? <laughs> it was, it was one of the most depressing moments of my life. Was... I'm really glad I, I I'd never seen the cartoon uh, before that movie, um, and That's but I knew thing. it was good, right? And and I intend I fully intend to watch it at some point. And 
I'm really glad I didn't watch a cartoon first because I was angry just because um, just because it was like wasting my time. You know? it was like, this the is most... such a waste of time. <laughs> this is this is terrible. It's not even so bad as good. It's just a waste of time. And if 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 I had been outraged at how badly it had had uh, ruined a, a favorite uh, property of mine, I would have been. Uh, I don't think my monitor would have survived. I would have thrown it out the window. <laughs> well, it was it was just kind of like, you know, that kind of weird pseudo pseudo racist like it was just it was just weird odd undertones yeah yeah Yeah. it just it was just it was it was one of the most and the thing is is that you know when you i mean you haven't seen the series but you know for those who have it's it's you know avatar the last airbender is one of the most kind of beautiful elegant it's it's very spiritual um you know, in, in kind of in kind of a good way, not in kind of a weird way. It you know, it, it's it talks about kind of humanity and you know the how how kind of people interact with the world and it's it's great. You know, it's phenomenal. And then just M Night Shyamalan just stripped away everything that made it in any way good. Well, um, I've also heard that the the uh, cartoon is funny. You know, people yeah, say yeah, oh, no, it's, it it's, it's hilarious gen- yeah, and genuinely and I, funny. That movie was was anti funny. I mean. <laughs> Every time there was a quote joke, it felt like, oh man, it, uh, it felt like uh, some brain damaged coma patient had woken up and had to relearn humor and was telling his first joke. Sort of stares at you with these dead glassy eyes, like was that funny? And you're like, no, that wasn't funny. That that just makes me uncomfortable, and I want you to stop, please. <laughs> it was it was uh, it was horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so Peter is not that bad. Is, is <laughs> no, our point. no, no. And you know, and the and the thing is, is that he has made you know, like I loved Black and White. Um, I I loved uh, Fable. You know, he's he's made great games, and you know, I don't think that should ever be forgotten. But he is just, he's he's kind of the master of self promotion, but also the master of self destruction. Um, which is yeah. which is kind of a, a sad mix. Um, well, but, I mean, there's a reason why I lump him and Blow together. Uh, because um, they're, they're, they both suffer from sort of the same thing. And my reaction to both of them is, is really similar. Um, mm-hmm. Black and White was where I noticed it first. I had been following Black and White, and I'd been listening to everything he had to say about it. And then I started to play the game, and I thought, okay, good. I like this game. It's you know, it's not quite as grandiose as he was promising, but th- uh, the, the basics of what he was uh, saying would be here or here. And all around me, everyone was saying, what the hell? Like, this is not what I expected. And I, I just realized there was a disconnect between my reaction and other people's. And mm. uh, it's it's because I think I was taking what he was saying very literally and deliberately filtering out all the hyperbole. Um, mm. That Like, that was my natural reaction. I just, I just heard what he said and everything that sounded like a hope. I just disregarded. <laughs> and other people didn't, didn't do that, right? Because he didn't choose his words carefully enough. Mm. Um, and it's the same with blow. He'll say something, um, that I'll I'll listen to it and I'll say that makes perfect sense. Um, I completely understand what he's saying. Uh, and more often than not, I agree with what he's saying. And even when I don't agree, I think, well, you know, good point. I Mm. think you're wrong, but good point. Um, but the, the words that he chooses and the way that he chooses to uh, express his ideas, uh, are apparently just all wrong. Like uh, they just put people in the wrong mindset. And so uh, 
I try very hard, especially when being critical of something, to do the opposite of what he does. He's sort of my working uh, uh, example of what not to do uh, when do expressing a, a strong that thing. says, what would blow do? <laughs> what would blow not do? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a better t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. No, no, and no, I think, you know, it's that... It, by the way, just so you know, all, all of my podcasts now will start with um, this podcast is installed with a hyperbole filter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not a bad feature to have. No, no, but with me as a host, it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, so you're, you're um, you know, obviously you've talked about kind of bringing other people in on the project. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, is, is that something you're kind of nervous about, you know, kind of not handing control, but handing handing part of your baby over to other people? Uh, honestly, no, because the only thing that makes me nervous is um, is when I get the sense that the person who's helping me doesn't care uh, or doesn't, uh, you know, like because I've worked on a lot of projects I don't care about and I know my attitude about it. Um, mm. And it's not something I judge people for because it's just necessary to do a lot. Mm. Um, but I know that like, I didn't put my all into it. I did what was, what I had to do to get it done. And if someone asked me to go, uh, like I'd give a hundred percent. If somebody asked me for 110, I'd say, no, thanks. I'm not, I'm not just not into it. Mm. Uh, and so if, if I knew I'd have to be contending with that, I'd be nervous, but the people that I'm probably going to end up working with are people who have approached me. Um, who have who have come to me and said, I love this project. Um, and of course, it just occurred to me that they could be lying through their teeth. Like, how, na- how naive <laughs> am I? Uh, but uh, I, I don't think most of them are. Uh, like, it's it's easy. It's kind of easy to spot the folks who just want to pat a resume. And mm. uh, if I'm working with people who genuinely like the project, then I, I really am not nervous about handing off a little piece and saying, here, make it yours. Mm. And whatever you come up with, I'll make it work in in the world you know here's some limited guidance to make sure you don't go totally off off the track but uh yeah, yeah. in general i'm cool with just letting them have their fun good you know and yeah. i think you know that that's it's one of those things isn't it where i think you know so often you see and and you know again back to Mullen, you he's somebody who who i think is guilty of it where um you see some you know a studio that has kind of a big personality in there and mm. um, it acts almost more as a as a creative constraint than a creative um, kind of outlet. Yeah, um, yeah. It's the um, Lucas syndrome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, it, so you know, in t- in terms of uh, the the one thing that that I've kind of um, been hearing people talk about is, in terms of the story, you know, yeah. you, you've you you know you said a couple of weeks ago that that you were trying to build this world that was that was um kind of impartial to you and you know didn't really care about whether you existed or not mm-hmm. so you know how how do you plan to kind of thread a story into a world that that is is passive almost oh that's a good question um yeah you well, see not too bad am i <laughs> <laughs> i take it all back um well the the way believe it or not um I, I'm tempting fate by saying this, but I, I think it's the easy way to do things because mm-hmm. when you're trying to write a story um, that, that ha- and you're trying to sort of control the pacing and make it about the character, 
then it's a lot of work to make sure the character goes where he's supposed to go and to make sure things happen in the right order and at the right time. Uh, mm. You know, it's a lot of work. Mm. But um, uh, if you're just creating a world in which stuff is happening and it's up to the player to sort of go around and figure out what that stuff is, it's like the difference between um, putting on a play and staging a uh, scavenger hunt, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... If you're if if you're staging a scavenger hunt, you're you're depending on the, on sort of the uh, uh, enthusiasm of the person doing the hunt to supply the tension, and and the excitement. And all you have to do is put the stuff there and make sure that, you know, if they want to continue, they can find the next thing. Yeah. Um, but if you're staging a play, I mean, it's all on you, man. Like if you lose them for a second, it's your fault. Mm. Um, uh, uh, I don't know why I'm saying staging a play. Film works just as well, but. Um, don't bring the, the point is that's dangerous territory oh yeah yeah Maybe, subconsciously i was avoiding it uh, <laughs> uh no the, the the point is that uh um i am just creating characters that are related to each other they have like realistic relationships with each other and with their environment and with the institutions that they belong to and um there's already sort of the spider's web out there and you just mm. you have to throw yourself into it and get caught in it um and follow the threads you know wherever they lead uh it's mm. not on me to make it all apparent to you and to to make everything uh be revealed at the right time like you can find out something that uh is close to that it's closely related to the climax of the whole story really early on if you go in quote the wrong area Mm. but i'm building it to to not matter like it doesn't matter if you find that out first because Mm. The rest of it is still out there. That's how real life works, you know? Like, real life is not built like a narrative. It's only in retrospect that a story emerges. Mm. Um, it's just you sort of bumbling along and finding things out in a weird order. Uh, and that's that's sort of how it's going to play out in this game. So Yeah. And, you, you know, the, it, it's interesting because you said um, about kind of going off to a different area and finding something. It was, it was one question I meant to ask you last week. Um is does the world um level with you or is is it kind of is there even kind of a leveling system in, in that kind of traditional sense because uh, I, know, I know there's uh, i know there's kind of a um a skill tree um mm-hmm. yeah but you know is is there kind of that traditional kind of level 1 level 2 level 3 yes um, and no um yeah well I'll finish your question I'll, I'll i'll make sure i'm answering the right question <laughs> no um so so you know really it was just is are you planning to kind of restrict exploration at first through through kind of higher tiered enemies or is it just literally a sense of just go where you want and the world levels with you oh um okay i i got to i got to sort of stick a wedge in there and break apart that second option because uh, yeah. otherwise it's kind of a false dichotomy because the world doesn't when you say the world levels with you, what, what pops to mind is uh, um, the sort of Skyrim system where where the difficulty scales with your character's abilities. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if that's what you mean when you say that, but that's what pops into mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, and, okay. If that's what you mean, then no. Uh, the world is, is as uh, perilous at the beginning as it is at the end for a character uh, um, like the one you start with. And... Um, you, your abilities have no effect on the environment. Your abilities don't change how dangerous wolves are. They don't change uh, um, 
they don't change the level of, of threat or difficulty that's presented to you by the world. They just change whether or not you're able to overcome that level of difficulty. Right, okay. At the same time, um, and I know I'm speaking in very general abstractions here. Uh, um, at the same time, um, I don't really limit where you can go or what you can do based on your level. Like that's mm. not that's not something that happens. Um, uh, because w- what I try to do is present you with a lot of options for accomplishing the same goal, um, almost at any level. Like you have to be a little bit smarter about it. Um, if you try to like get into a bear's den, um, at level one. Um, but, eh. and then the other, okay, here, here's another wrinkle. Let's, let's throw this on the pile. Um, <laughs> when I talk about leveling, I, I mean two different things. <laughs> um, there are skills which you acquire, uh, as you progress in the game, uh, by discovering books or by learning about them, uh, from NPCs. Um, and in a sense, that's sort of leveling, um, and that sort of takes the place of the standard leveling system that you see in other RPGs. But at the same time, there is a leveling system uh, solely for the skills that you acquire through uh, your employment in the Pathfinder's Guild. Um, right. And you gain experience through exploring and discovering new areas, and as you gain more experience, more of those skills are revealed to you, and that's the only way you can get those skills. Right. Um, so, so there's sort of a dual leveling system going on at the same time. Um, but the point is that uh, I don't really restrict you uh, from anywhere in the world. Uh, if if you've got your head on straight, you can always find a way to get um, get past whatever I put in your way, whether you're mm-hmm. level one or level ten. Being level ten just means um, uh, you might have an easier time of it, or you might have you know some more convenient options to do it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you wanted to hightail it. Uh, uh, to the quote later areas straight out the gate. If you wanted to walk out of your house door, completely ignore your job or whatever, um, and just walk uh, straight to where you know uh, some of the more climactic events uh, will be happening. Uh, more power to you. Like do what you will. <laughs> the whole point is is freedom. That's that's what an open world is for. So. So yeah. it's it's right for a speed run then, is it? yeah in a big way actually (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so so you know that was um i I think because it's one of those big things of kind of open world games is that i get frustrated with is especially things like um you know mmos Mm -hmm. is they kind of go you know a massive world that you can't explore for another 90 hours and it just kind of oh yeah yeah it's It's just the most irritating thing in the world it's like you've just you know you've 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 it's on the cover. It says "World of Warcraft," not "Village of Warcraft." Um, right. You know right. why? Why do I have to kind of gather my missions and level by giving the you know handing in to the same guy for the next three hours of my life? Um, no, there's there's no grinding in Frontiers. Um, I I try very hard to create only uh, situations uh, that you can you can think your way through or avoid entirely. Mm. Um, you know, you're not going to be wandering around, uh, in the middle of the forest and suddenly encounter a pack of wolves and then you're dead and you just can't explore there because you haven't leveled up. Like that's the whole thing I'm trying to avoid. Mm. Um, there you you will. And it's, and the trick is finding a way to avoid that scenario without just nerfing everything. Um, that's, that's been the whole struggle of the game. That's, that's the, 
the magic recipe is how do you make a game challenging and force the player to make in, you know make interesting decisions that stimulate their brain um, mm-hmm. without walling them off from huge you know uh, tracts of land mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think I've I've sort of I've got it cracked I got that nut cracked uh, play testing will tell me more but uh, yeah. yeah the the trick is just to uh, you just remove combat as the solution to everything mm. you know you I don't mean, just hit everything yeah and and i think you know that that's one of the things that that kind of um brought me into the game initially was um you know i i came to the game through uh indie game mag um mm. and i remember reading like two words that were relaxing pace and thinking okay this guy kind of gets me because <laughs> I, I think you know, one one of my biggest problems with a lot of open world games is they kind of develop this, you know, they spend so much time kind of lovingly creating this beautiful world with all this lore and, you know, encourage you to, you know, read books or, um, you know, sit in a tavern and talk to people. And then the second you get outside of anywhere, you're just attacked instantly and you just have to kind of hit everything and it's like that's that's not what the world's like. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure there are parts of the world, um, but you know, like right, you know, but not not the, not the parts you want to explore. Like that's yeah, the point. Exactly. It's like you know, uh, there's and there should be there should be that um that kind of fear of the unknown more than the fear of the known. Um, you know, yeah, it should, yeah, you know, it should be that it should be that thing of, um, the the risk of exploration is that I don't know that I'm going to get attacked by three wolves at a time consistently at this one point on the map you know and i think you know that kind of breaks the illusion um and it also kind of breaks the um the 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 realism of the world and and the the kind of it's that thing of you know if you walk through a forest the fact of the matter is is that most animals will run away from you Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it drives you know, me crazy. The... <laughs> uh, I, I still remember two experiences from Oblivion um, in particular. Uh, and I know I refer back to Oblivion more than Morrowind. And it's mostly because the, the problems that I have with the Elder Scrolls series crop up more in Oblivion. Mm. Um, there were two experiences. One was I, I was a low level and I, want, I just wanted to freaking look around and this wolf started chasing me. And I just thought, oh, great, now I have to deal with this wolf. And I, I didn't have the means to dispatch it. Uh, I can't remember why. I didn't have a weapon or something. Um, and I just started running, and the freaking thing just kept running after me. And it <laughs> chased me for for miles. It chased me across the map. And I thought, this is stupid. I can't fast travel. Uh, you know, I can't do anything. And I finally got to uh, a house. And this is the second experience. It, it was back to back. I get to this house, and I think, okay, good. Uh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Um and surely I can just barge in here and uh, take some refuge. And, you know, the, the barkeep or whatever who's here will understand. I walk in and um, there's some dude who lives there and he says, an intruder, and he stabs me to death. And I think, <laughs> you know, this sucks. Like, I, I just wanted to go on a stroll for God's sake. And here's this totally unrealistic wolf. This would, unless it's rabbit. I mean, it's not going to do that. Uh, and then this dude doesn't even ask questions, you know, he, I didn't even have a chance to say I'm running from a wolf, please. I need some help. You know, like real life isn't, isn't anywhere near that. And I know we're in high fantasy land or whatever. Unless you live in parts of Texas, they're, uh, they, <laughs> right. they, 
they stab intruders without asking questions there, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they do it. They have a really great attitude while they do it. Like they're some of the most upbeat, <laughs> positive people you'll find. So they, they, they've got that they going. They high five you on the way down. I, I know some Texans, and and their attitude toward you know capital punishment and stuff is just amazingly at odds with their cheery nature. I always find it <laughs> kind of kind of endearing. Um, but but yeah, like uh, you know, unless you're in a unless you're in a horrible place, which isn't the point of these kinds of games, mm. uh, that's not what life is like. I can I, I can walk through the forest, um, and it's 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 a treat when I see something alive and. It's a rarity when I see something dangerous, and I've really got to poke it with a stick before yeah. it'll come at me. So, yeah. And I think you know one one of the things you mentioned there was was fast travel, um, mm. and you know it's something um, again that that you released uh, the video probably two weeks ago now of of the fast travel um, mechanic that was that's so nicely done um, in that it's not this kind of map and you click and um, the screen goes black, and you know you get this kind of load that that you actually watch. You know you you can see clouds moving, you can see the the world, um, you know carry on going as you travel. Yeah, um, it was really it, important to me. Uh, yeah, and uh, well, it 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 doesn't kind of break the rhythm of it, does it? Mm -hmm. Um, and 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 I think you you know, to me that 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 again um said something to to as to kind of your understanding of the frustrations of open world games is that so often these games work so hard to create these kind of seamless beautifully so-called organic worlds and then just put a load screen in front of you yeah <laughs> it's, it's really well strange. i i mean the, part of the great thing is that a game like skyrim appeals to everybody it appeals to the people who want to play a game like this on some level um, and then it also appeals to the to the people who really love combat um, on another level, and then it appeals to people who love um, well to some degree to people who who like puzzles and stuff all at once, and it all becomes a mush. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't have to deal with that problem because because I am not trying to sell you know 15 million copies. I get to say you know X and not Y and Z. And mm -hmm. if you're not into Y and Z, it's not your game, and I'm not even going to try and please you because that would just completely compromise the what i'm trying to do with this other stuff like if i mm. if i really a lot of people ask me oh you know can't you beef up the combat a little bit i really like combat and the only reasonable answer is no i'm not going to do that because all it will do is create a sort of half-assed combat system that's sort of you know half sophisticated that you still won't like and to justify the time i spend on that i'm going to have to beef up combat in general which is going to spoil everyone's uh, – it's going to rain on everyone's parade who just wants to look around, and the whole thing will just turn into mush again. Um, so that ability to say, no, we're, we're just doing exploration. That's our thing, and uh, everything else, they have their own games. that Those things can exist in their own games, and maybe someday I'll make a combat game, and it will just be combat, and you won't go anywhere. It'll be in one room for the whole game, um, and, and it'll be the best combat ever. But until then, it's exploration or go home. Mm. So, so that's refreshing. <laughs> the, the ability to yeah. say that, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think you know, to, to me, it, it, again, that that kind of adds an endearing quality to the game because you have this kind of thing of, 
I I don't I don't mind a game that's not made for me. I don't mind a film that's not made for me. I I'd much rather um you know have somebody just tell me. Um and you know I, I think so often at you know E3 and and you know these kind of conferences you hear pe- you hear those immortal words there's something in there for everyone. Oh and no. It's like, yeah. Great you've just compromised. <laughs> Every, every you know you've compromised <laughs> everybody to please everybody um yeah it's like and, the romantic subplot uh, here we go with movies again um <laughs> you're watching you're watching a good action thriller and it's it's really cooking and then um you know suddenly sparks fly between two characters and you're like wait what why are we suddenly <laughs> you know like i understand the need for rhythm and to shake things up but what on earth does this have to do with anything? Oh, right. They got to appeal to everyone. So, you know, I got to mm. sit through this 10, 10 minute awkward conversation that nobody's really invested in, uh, including the audience. And, yeah, and, uh, and the funny yeah. thing is, is that at no point does your wife ever turn to you and go, isn't it lovely? No. Oh. I know. That's the sad <laughs> part. They don't please anybody. It's, <laughs> it's why I like movies like uh, Transporter, you know, yeah. just action. Um, yeah. You know they 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 are about they are an action movie and they they are not going to have a love interest in there um, because they're going direct to DVD and they know who their audience is yeah. and uh, they know that that uh, no wives or girlfriends are going to be watching this thing so mm-hmm. uh, yeah <laughs> although saying that Jason Statham's like a big sex symbol over here so that's true There's... but they'll, they'll be watching it for the right reasons uh, they'll be watching <laughs> it for him and you know for the action if they're under action. Uh, yeah. They're not trying to appeal to people who really want to see a romantic comedy um, and think, oh, well, I guess I can get by with the transporter because I saw in the trailer there's like, you know, <laughs> two seconds of people making dovey eyes at each other. Yeah. In, in between yeah. him attaching car batteries to his nipples. There's a, right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a great, great scene bubbling with romantic chemistry. Um, <laughs> yeah, depending um, on what you're into. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, really, the this this last question is entirely selfish and completely self centered. I have been asked this by nobody, but I'm asking it. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, as a keen archer, um, I I would like to know, um, mm. and I may edit this out depending on how dull this gets. Um, okay. You know, um, you know what? What kind of what kind of bows? You know there are available. You know what? Do you craft the bows? Can you can you make different bows from different types of trees? Or you know, is it is it just kind of you know is is it that kind of oblivion thing of uh, there are a series of bows that you can have? Okay, um, <laughs> I will try to answer your question. Uh, I, I'm I'm sure you've noticed. I've, I'm trying to get into the habit uh, of answering these questions with videos because. Um, it does tend to get, uh, and not to not to crap on your question or whatever. I I, I like answering this stuff, but Dude, it, crap it gets really it, complicated and and dull if I try to uh, say it all at once. But here goes. Um, so <laughs> the the bow skill, um, which I will be covering in a in a hunting update after the survival update. Um, you do craft your bows. Um, depending on your crafting skill, the bows are are better or worse constructed. Um, and depending on how well they're constructed, the more accurate they are. Okay. Uh, and um, uh, there may be bows that um, are rare or something that have better accuracy just intrinsically. Uh, if there are, I haven't prototyped them yet, um, but right. it would be it would be trivial to do. 
Um, and then your archery skill, uh, you can you can use a bow and arrow whether you have that skill or not. You just equip it and use it, right? Um, what the archery skill does is it increases your accuracy again um, mm. on top of the bow. And then on top of that, there's a mechanic that's um, similar to basically any precision task, lock picking, archery, whatever, um, climbing, uh, where depending on how hungry you are, uh, your accuracy increases yet again. So if you're really well fed and you know you're you're a plump goose and uh, your mind's not on food, um, you get another bonus. Um, mm-hmm. So stay fed, craft a good bow, um, and uh, you know aim carefully. And uh, that's basically what goes into bringing down a stag. Just so you know, you have just repeated my mantra for life. <laughs> stay well fed craft a good bow and aim carefully that's that's that's, that's pretty much if if this was game I, I, I of thrones i can see it on the poster now on the uh, <laughs> motivational poster if, if if you'd ever seen a photograph of me that would be a hilarious poster just a fat northern english guy <laughs> with, with a bow and a chicken wing um, <laughs> so are you into are you actually into archery like is that yeah like with no, the, I'm, those I'm, crazy I'm, bows that look like they're from the future and everything oh no no i'm i'm a i'm a um uh, this is where i sound like a complete arsehole i'm um <laughs> i'm a <laughs> I, um i shoot bare bow which basically means no sights no anything just just a wooden bow and some arrows you know that's that's my thing um okay I, so in the apocalypse I, it's you'll be the one to uh hang around right yeah yeah yeah, I'll be I'll be the one stealing everybody's vegetables at bow point. Um, no, it's um, it, I, all those kind of crazy levers and you know it just kind of takes it all away from the reason I like archery. Like the re- the reason I like it is you know it's that kind of it makes me sound like an absolute hippie, but it is that thing of kind of you know having a piece of wood that is you know you're kind of one with and you know um it's not it's not about lining your laser up with a site and you know clicks and mechanisms so yeah so i just uh not yeah, not just I, hippie hipster i mean you liked bows before all that cool stuff right <laughs> yeah, i get it no it actually it's, sounds kind of cool uh hannah's talked about getting into archery once or twice and uh um, do it it's amazing it, it's like the yeah. best therapy in the world um because you can imagine your targets anybody um or, or or you can do what i do which is to um you know cut cut photographs out of the paper just people who are in the news that you don't like just put it up there it's, it's uh great remember the nsa is listening so, <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave it at in vague non-specific person <laughs> um, but no it's um it's you know it's it's a great sport and i think uh yeah, it's it's really weird because, you know, in kind of the last year and a half, bows have become like the thing to put in games. Yeah, which I appreciate actually because before that, I mean, it's not that's not to say bows haven't been in RPGs or whatever, but um, uh, I felt I always felt like the archery component was sort of this dangling thing on the side that yeah. if you're into it, you know, you could do it, but really a sword is where it's at. Mm. Uh, but these days, uh, it sort of gets more respect. Um, and I also see game hunting a lot more often, which is cool. Mm. Uh, so, 
like I mean, hell, even in uh, Far Cry Three. Uh, Far Cry Three. Hunt... Oh, I love that game. Yeah, you could hunt down an animal, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, and and that's not to say it felt out of place. Like it was, it was perfectly in place. But um, again, it's just uh, bigger more popular games doing the work for me of laying down a foundation that I can just take advantage of. Mm. I can just say, Hey, bow hunting and taking down game. And people mm. are like, Oh yeah, right. I've seen that. That's cool. And yeah, no, I my, think my work's done. Well, the, to me, the biggest thing about, um, about kind of the way archery was portrayed in games is that there was two things. Like, firstly, if you're doing any game that's even set in kind of a version of the kind of medieval law, Mm-hmm. archery should be you know archery was the most significant kind of method of hunting of warfare you know it was it was so prevalent throughout the world it's not like it's not like it was just a load of english dudes in a village every sunday right. afternoon you know like no shooting. i mean technologically uh a bow is are the equivalent of a smartphone today i mean that was tops yeah you know yeah. Um, and you know if if it was kyle's britain everybody would have bows instead of smartphones and everybody would be laughing <laughs> <laughs> or at least i would be um but yeah and and you know I, I think you know the the other thing that i never get is bows are so underpowered like you know if if you kind of hit something in the neck with a 70 pound longbow yeah. it's going down <laughs> like it's not oh, it's gonna, toast. i mean it's it's, it's like a machine gun bullet yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, um, um, no, uh, the archery in Frontiers, uh, uh, I'm trying to keep it realistic. I, I don't have localized damage on animals yet, which is sort of inexcusable, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but I hope to. And um, yeah, the idea is if you hit an animal in the face with a bow, I mean, it's it doesn't matter if uh, it's a bear or not. Um, if, if you're that good, uh, it, it will drop, you know, mm-hmm. you, you will be done hunting it for the day. Um, if you bury one in a hind quarters, uh, ideally it'll it'll sort of limp Just away. Get but, off. Uh, right, right. Uh, well, but I, I don't want to do the thing where you have to, you know. R- I re- what I really want to avoid is the ability to walk up to a stag and knife it until it's dead, um, which you mm. can currently do because the AI is stupid as dirt. Um, <laughs> and uh, I also don't want you to be able to uh, shoot a, a stag four or five times with arrows and have it just, you know, prance away. Um, because that's just irritating and totally unrealistic. Uh, it's yeah. it's one area of the game where I feel like realism benefits uh, the experience. So, but also, you know, it's that thing of I imagine, you know, to to implement in a game that a kind of decent bow hit kills. Mm-hmm. Imagine imagine the pain that saves you on like animation, and you know, just just have it dead. Just kill it. Like I don't understand. It's like we're That's making true. the job really easy. Like as opposed to having like you know this kind of sequential animation where it gets hit and then it reacts to getting hit and reacts and it like just have it dead. I'm fine with that. Just no know. transition even. It just hits and then yeah. it just yeah. jumps right yeah. to a frame just, where it's on just, the ground. Just prone. Just no keyframe. Just bam, bam. Just, just I'm fine with that. Uh, I, I've already done the, done the work. You're not you're not saving me any trouble because uh, I've already got reactions and all that. Jazz. I, I should I have thought of this earlier. Darn it. I tried. Wouldn't that be great? It's just a completely jarring experience. Like you're in this or, kind of better room. yet. You hit it with an arrow and a and a slab of meat appears. I mean, <laughs> it just floats. Just just yeah, floats just there. And a little, just circling a with like particles, so you know it's there. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Now you're talking. <laughs> 
you know, really, um, the the only kind of last few questions I've got is um, on one is on the soundtrack, um, which um, the the lovingly named Steve is apparently working on. Yes, Steve um, Barnes. Yeah, and you know, what, what, um, is it is it kind of orchestral? Is it you know? Is it um, you know? Obviously, I don't expect him to have like a sixty piece orchestra, but you know, what, yeah. do, do do you know kind of where the inspiration and you know kind of overtones for that are coming from? Well, okay, it's this is funny because one of the reasons I'm working with Steve um, is uh, is because I I literally I don't have to explain to him what the music has to be. Uh, and I knew that when I approached him because he, mm. he is a gamer uh, through and through. Like he treats it almost on the level of a profession um, and he experiences every game to the fullest um, and does what he can to like block out distractions. And really he just loves games uh, of all, of all kinds. Um, uh, and, uh, and so the kind of music that it is, and this is tautological and an annoying answer, but it is the, the kind of music that this kind of game would have. um i know that's an irritating answer but it's like uh there's a certain video game sound um that you only really get in in certain kind of games um and this would be one of them and uh Mm. uh, i all i do is i we have a different soundtrack for every region um because every region is a little bit different and um and all i do is I, i send him sort of kind of an example of what I want, you know, maybe in the 70 to 80% range, something that I found out there, mm-hmm. something that gives you the right feelings. Um, then I send him a couple of adjectives like, you know, dry, uh, unfriendly, or, you know, uh, magical and mystical, uh, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and then he comes, he just sits down and, I don't know, he does a Steve Barnes magic and uh, plays out something that is usually exactly what i had in mind within one or two revisions uh, and with almost no conversation um so you can expect something it's it's orchestral Mm. uh, but in a video game way and that's a that's a deliberate choice um and uh something that varies from region to region depending on what you're sort of supposed to feel while you're there uh and it's it's just good stuff like it just it's not um it's not going to sound the same as if we actually recorded it with an orchestra or whatever. So it's, but if, it's not Jeremy soul. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's not, but if it was, it wouldn't feel right. It would be the wrong yeah. music. It would sound way better, but it would, uh, it, it would sound more like real instruments, but it would not be right. Uh, mm. so, um, and I'm, I'm kind of saying this partly for the benefit of all the people who, <laughs> who keep contacting me. I've gotten more, uh, uh, more musicians have contacted me than anyone else. Um, it is, is in the hundreds. Um, and the, the first thing they say is, um, you know, I like, I love the project and, you know, I'd love to contribute and I can arrange for an orchestra, you know, Mm. like that's, that's on the menu. Um, and I always, I mean, talk about generous i mean i i'm presumably they expect to be paid but i mean to to offer that (laughs) up front i mean that's amazing but at the same time it's so wrong for this project Mm. uh that i feel bad that i have to say well that's not really you know what we're going for um but uh yeah so if that's your selling point then you know (laughs) uh you're out of luck i'm afraid um steve's got you cornered sorry so, so what they need to do is approach and say I don't have an orchestra and I don't want money. Can I work? 
can I work? Actually, um, that's a good thing. That's another good thing to to bring up while we're talking about people offering to work on it is that there will not be one person who uh, works on this project in any capacity who does not get paid fairly. So approaching me and saying, I'll work for free, um, also not a selling point because I just philosophically, I have a, I don't believe that. So way better, like if you're totally into this game and, and you want to help and I need all the help I can get. So I'm not trying to um, uh, wave people off here at all. Um, the more the merrier, but just don't open without work for free. Open with your rates. Tell me what you'll cost. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for something fair because, you know, that's what I'm going to be paying. So, yeah. <laughs> just, God, what have I done? I'm, I'm going to yeah. get, get like, inundated with uh, resumes. <laughs> uh, that was a bad move. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> cut it, cut it. There's just going to be people from around the world. So I charge uh, $3,000 a day. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was more worried about volume than uh, uh, than what they charge, but uh, yeah, and I, I I'm okay with taking a hit, like and being able to produce less content as long as I'm not adding to the freaking mountain of human misery that we already have due to low wages. Like I don't need that keeping me up at night. Um, and if that means I have to cut a feature or two, then fine. I you know I don't care. So yeah, name your price. Then anyway, I'm sure I'm sure they will. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Yes. <laughs> Name your um, price, but don't take me for a sucker. There's a difference. <laughs> fair, fair wages, not ex you know. I w I don't want the exploitation to to become reverse exploitation here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you'll be the you'll be the world's first sweatshop employer. <laughs> the complete reverse um but um no and and you know my last question is um really based on on kind of um operating systems and stuff because um you know so so many games say you know we're going to do pc mac and linux and then yeah. it runs great on pc runs a, a lot worse on mac and then runs <laughs> nigh on unplayably on linux um so you know, I, I was just, I was just wondering, you know, really kind of, <clears throat> does the game kind of scale well? You know, does it kind of run at a pretty low, you know, low um, settings, or or is it one of those things where you're going to need a relatively kind of high end uh, rig to kind of run it? Well, if if you're running it um, the way it looks, like right now, you need a pretty high end rig to run it at full graphics mm -hmm. because nothing is optimized, like literally nothing. I'm doing everything in the most uh, brute force way imaginable to keep things simple. Uh, and mo moving forward, the requirements will drop a little bit because of that. Mm -hmm. um, and it does, uh, I want to, it scales well in terms of performance, but like anything, it starts to look like Play-Doh. Mm -hmm. um, but, but graphics aren't really the, you know, they're not the selling point of this game anyway. It looks six years old. Um, and it's going to look six years old, no matter how much horsepower you throw at it. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, in that respect, yeah, it's going to scale pretty well. Um, the, the only really intensive thing is the sky and the sky rendering, but there are 50 little sliders you can move around, uh, mm -hmm. to decide how much, you know, uh, you want to hurt your computer. Um, <laughs> uh, cause it's got like dynamic clouds. That's like, that's the one thing in there that that's sort of um on the level of modern games is the sky rendering mm. uh but again you can turn that down as for the mac uh versus pc versus linux performance i can vouch for mac and pc 
uh, because I've played it on both and it, it's equivalent across the board um, as far as I can tell. Uh, Linux, I have no idea. Um, Unity claims to, and I and I know that they do compile to Linux, um, and they claim that it's it's just the same. Um, I've never actually done it personally, so I'm not gonna guarantee anything because you know who knows? Maybe I'm doing something weird in this game that won't uh, that won't carry over properly. Uh, but this is part of the reason why I'm depending on the Linux beta testers more than any other group because they I need them to tell me what's going on. Because uh, I don't even have a Linux box. I haven't used Linux in years. Mm. Uh, really rusty on the platform. So, so, so when, so, when you get all those all those emails from people whose, you know, compute is just entirely broken because <laughs> they, they've loaded <laughs> Frontiers for the first time. <laughs> oh God, I I, I don't. Th- I mean, Unity. It, I've praised it to the heavens before, um, and I'll praise it to the heavens for how easy it is to compile to Mac and PC. And I have a hard time believing they'd shoot themselves in the foot with uh, uh, the the Linux version. I mean, it's so seamless on the other two that I'm um, I'm almost positive it'll be fine uh, going into Linux. I just I don't want to guarantee it because I haven't actually done it myself yet, uh, so I can't offer that guarantee. But uh, again, I'm sure the Linux uh, beta testers will help me squash whatever's going on. I'm committed to putting it on Linux because uh, it it kind of drives me a little crazy that it's not. Well, I mean, it's coming into its own now as a gaming platform, but it's it, it's weird that it's taken this long to me, and I think it's good that it's uh, being taken more seriously. And if I can help that process in any way by mm. you know um, putting a little effort into it, then I'm happy to. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. you know that's it's a noble thing because you know so often you see people you know oh and we'll give multi-platform support and then. They just choose their favorite and then distribute it in an entirely kind of half-assed way across the. Yeah, um, thank. So. I mean, that would be what I was doing if it weren't for Unity. Unity is doing the hard work here for me, so they deserve the props, uh, because uh, whatever, whatever voodoo they've uh, figured out. I mean, I know it's based on you know .NET and and, right. uh, and all that, and that serves as a foundation for what they're doing. But but just in general. Uh, uh, they're the ones who deserve the the credit for me offering true multi-platform support because otherwise I'm sure it would be half-assed. Uh, I would have to pick a favorite platform and just focus on that one and and do the others on the side. So hmm. yeah. yeah, it's um, but no, it's it's you know it is it is good to see that. Well, good to hear that you know you, you do have that kind of commitment to it because um, you know it it, it is. It, I think you know so often, the, especially with these kickstarters, you know people people promise so much and uh, and then kind of reel in on delivery. Um, so, <laughs> although there's still time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I guarantee. No, I I will make a guarantee right now. There, will, I will end up cutting a feature, and whatever that feature is, like th- there has to be at least one that goes. Um, it's it's inevitable. Whatever that feature is, it's gonna drive people crazy. I I will get hate mail for I, I whether it's um I don't know uh, a particular skill or you know a particular uh, region setting or whatever whatever it is doesn't matter. Um, uh, people are gonna hate me for taking it out. So uh, prepare for that. Start start an office pool on which feature it's gonna be. And uh, what volume of hate mail I'm going to get? <laughs> because reality will intervene here. So, yeah. 
Well, um, well, yeah. Well, on on the uh, on the on the subject of of hate mail, I think that's as good a point to end it as any. <laughs> um because um our previous interview we clocked in at 145 we're now at two hours holy crap um, you're right <laughs> oh but we got 30 minutes of uh of touchy-feely counselor stuff in the beginning we can we can cut all that cut all that yeah we'll, we'll do the oh. um we'll do we'll do the um the the doom ray the doom ray man hug cast at some other point <laughs> <laughs> you gotta bring your friend friend along so you can yeah uh, we'll, take just, part. we'll just we'll just We'll call it the hug hug it out session. Um, Perfect. But um, yeah, or, or or the broke back cast maybe. Um. <laughs> now you're making me uncomfortable again. First of the butler. I'm, now I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. It's just it's just my sense of humor. <laughs> um, but no, like you know, again, it's been an absolute pleasure. And in the time we've been um, recording this, you've made seven hundred dollars. You're kidding me. No. So um, you know. Oh wow. Let's crap. I, no, what, we, we just got a. I know you can't see this dashboard line, but the freaking thing is, it's going up. This is uh, this is the weirdest graph I've ever seen, man. What, what Who knows can I what say? I I pay well. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just earned like three hundred and fifty dollars an hour. That's amazing. It's the best. That's the best rate you'll ever get paid for doing an interview ever. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if only you. Yeah, if if only uh, the interview could have been live and uh, bringing in more viewers. See, now I'm I'm thinking like a, a Wall Street uh, businessman here, like more, <laughs> more, more. You just you yeah. just we we just need a little ticker in the background. Right. With, with... <laughs> but um, gotta make those no, stretch goals at any cost. Yeah, um, you will, you will. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you'll uh, you'll. I'm willing to bet at the end of this you'll be sitting on a hundred k crying terrified <laughs> just genuinely terrified um but yeah all right always a pleasure Lars, and uh i'll speak to you again next time all right sounds good so that's it for this week's doom ray so um stay tuned and we'll we'll have a lot more coming up from from Lars and from other people um but we'll be catching up with him uh in the very near future and as always thanks very much for listening